Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where Pastor Jeff Cranston, along with our host, Jen Denton, will discuss biblical theology in an understandable way. You'll discover how to apply biblical truth to your life. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Kitchen Table Theology. I'm your host, Jen Denton. Today, we're kicking off a brand new season, season two of Kitchen Table Theology, and our topic for the next five podcasts is the theology or doctrine of Christology, the study of the person of Jesus Christ. And today's specific topic is on the deity of Christ, the fact that Jesus Christ is God, is all based upon something that he himself said, I and the Father are one. You know, Pastor Jeff, I've seen people describe Jesus in so many different ways, some better than others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a great teacher, a revolutionary of some sort, a great man, a great leader, even a great therapist. Yeah, Ooh, there you go. Wouldn't we all like that on on a just a <laughs> dial-up speed dial to have Jesus right there as your therapist? But, you know, if we limit our understanding of him to those descriptions, we fail to understand who Jesus really is, don't we? I think we really do. And as we jump into examining the deity of Jesus Christ, it might be good if we all get on the same page in terms of understanding the word deity. That's not a word we use every day. Basically, deity means being of the essence or substance of God. The deity of Christ means, therefore, that Jesus of Nazareth was and is God. Further, Scripture specifically denotes that God took on humanity, not vice versa. Mm. So Jesus Christ is God come in human flesh. And so let's begin right there on today's podcast. Jesus Christ is God come into human flesh. Our faith since Acts 11.26 has long been called Christianity. But you know what? Why is it called that? Why wouldn't it be Biblianity or churchianity or something, since the Bible and the church are both so important to us. You know, the, w- quite a thought there. Uh, it certainly could be called Biblianity. I mean, the Bible <laughs> is foundational to us. Churchianity, I mean, you know, we're, we're the church, the bride of Christ. Those, those two elements, the Bible and church, are absolutely vital to us. But the reason we're known, or I'm sorry, our, our faith is known as Christianity is because Jesus Christ is the most important element of our faith. He is called the author and perfecter of our faith Mm. and is both the head of the church and its chief cornerstone. He's the one who bought us with his own blood and to whom then we belong. So Christianity is founded upon the Christ in whom we believe. It, It can't be any more attractive, useful, or viable than the one on whom it is established. So maybe think of it this way. A mountain can't rise any higher than the massive rock that constitutes it. So Christianity cannot ascend one inch beyond the substance of its rock, Jesus. So carefully weighing the claims of Jesus will forever remain the great duty of anybody who wants to study or consider Christianity. And one of the main claims of Christianity is that Jesus Christ is God, his deity. Hmm. So let me go back to where we started a moment ago. When we hear Jesus described in all sorts of ways, you you and I both share this love of C.S. Lewis, and he touched on our response to Jesus when he wrote in his book, Mere Christianity. 
where he says very profoundly, I'm trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him, that is Christ. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is one of the things we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sorts of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on a level with a man who says he's a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell himself. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come up with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. And said, as only Lewis could say it, that was out of Mere Christianity, his book. And if you have not read Mere Christianity... Grab you a copy as soon as possible and and read that. And, you know, so was Jesus simply a man or was he God incarnate in human nature, the God man? And if any study deserves our best effort, it is this one. Hmm. For if Jesus was merely a man, then he can't offer us any more than any other special person can offer us. And to follow him, hoping that he will be able to deliver what only God can deliver, would be an absolute delusion. Mm. But if Jesus is God and all his claims are true, which he said they are, then to follow him is to choose the wisest path, the one leading to life now and forever. And not to follow him is to oppose our creator, our preserver, our judge, which is a pretty risky and foolish position to take. I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't want to take that latter one. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. All right. Well, then let's begin by some of the things Jesus said. He talked about his divinity, did he not? Well, he absolutely did, and the, the Bible does as well. Jesus claimed to be God on more than one occasion, and... The Bible tells us that he possesses divine characteristics, the characteristics of God, like eternity, omnipresence, omnipotence. He allowed uh, and commanded worship of himself. That's, you know, reserved for God. Mm -hmm. He used and accepted titles belonging only to God. He claimed to be sinless. He claimed to speak only truth. Uh, He claimed to command the angels of heaven. He made promises only God can keep. For example, he made promises to forgive sin. Mm. He made uh, promises to send the Holy Spirit. That's that's a big one. I mean, how could you make that promise? That that everybody would know whether you uh, you could fulfill that or not. Mm. Of course, the Holy Spirit came. He promised to answer prayers. He promised to give eternal life. His claims to deity were so clear that his opponents. They wanted to kill him for those claims. So just saying that his words didn't land well would they be an understatement. They didn't land well at all. <laughs> and they, you know, the thing that ought to scare all of us is they, they never landed well with religious people. Mm-hmm. Religious people are terrible people. Mm. I mean, religious people can be terribly nasty. Mm-hmm. And 
Jesus, you know, the problems he had with people, most of them were the religious people. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't the the normal, <laughs> wasn't mm-hmm. the normal people. So without any, let's just say this, without any supporting evidence, Jesus could have been dismissed as a harmless lunatic. Uh, and let me tell you, in his day, there were all kinds of people claiming to be messiahs. There were all kinds of harmless lunatics, and there were all kinds of harmful lunatics running around in the first century. But the New Testament clearly reveals that Jesus cast out demons, he healed every conceivable illness, and he even raised the dead all in his own name. He could, uh, the, we read this in Scripture, he could miraculously control nature. He conferred some of these powers that he had upon other people, and they exercised them through faith in his name. You know, silver and gold, what was it, Peter and was it John? Oh, boy. I've forgotten at the gate in Acts and go to the beggar, you know, and silver and gold have I none. I'm going mm. back to the old song when I, <laughs> but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Mm. So Jesus conferred some of his gifts to other people who exercised them, but they exercised them through his name. Which also didn't go over very well. Well, yeah, it did for the people who got healed. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, beyond this, I, we, we can readily agree, Jesus spoke as no man had ever spoken. He predicted future events accurately. He, sh- he showed such wisdom and love and grace and uh, patience and justice and courage, tenderness, truthfulness. Multitudes of people followed him, and multitudes of people have been following him ever since. Uh, we know he gave himself to die for the sins of humanity, and following his indisputable resurrection, he commissioned his disciples to go and proclaim salvation through him to the whole world, and this they did with much opposition and at great personal cost, many refusing to renounce his deity even at the cost of their lives. And I think that's one of the greatest apologetics for who Christ was, the refusal of the disciples uh, you know, in in later years, to renounce him, renounce his deity, mm-hmm. say that he wasn't the savior of mankind, say that he wasn't the Messiah, you know, and they lost their lives because they mm-hmm. would not renounce that. Um, the pages of the New Testament are filled with thousands of people whose lives and and words proclaim Jesus as Lord, and their efforts have established believers in Christ who, for ages, have worshipped and lived for Him, and we are some of those people. So it's it's really vital to establish the doctrine of Christ's deity as strongly as any truth that can be established. Mm-hmm. And this, then this kind of comes to this great question, the question of ages, you might say, to that determines the destiny of our souls. Is Jesus God? Mm-hmm. And how we answer that is so eternally important. Right. So Jesus established that he is God through divine names like Lord and Son of God, the Word, etc., right? And then, like you mentioned, he established his deity through miracles and divine attributes of God, accepting people's worship and ultimately rising from the dead. You know, and I know you and I have this conversation all the time. It it convicts me even in the moment to take that name of Jesus lightly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and so often we see that. Well, You know, we're going to ask this famous question that we often do here on Kitchen Table Theology, and that's, so what? (laughs) If Jesus is God, what difference does that really make to our lives? Well, quite quite frankly, it makes all the difference in the world. 
not only because it's clearly taught in Scripture, but also because only, think about this, only someone who is infinite God could bear the full penalty for all the sins of all of those who would believe in him. Any finite creature would have been incapable of bearing that penalty. So Jesus has got to be God and, and because only God could bear the full penalty of sins hmm. for, for, for us. Another reason it's important, salvation, the Bible says, is from the Lord, and the whole message of Scripture is designed to show that no human being, no creature, you know, n- nothing that's been created could ever save mankind. Only God himself can, can save us. So that's vitally important that Jesus be divine, mm-hmm. be God. And then another reason it's important is that only someone who was truly and fully God could be the one mediator between God and man to bring us back to God and also to reveal God most to us. Therefore, if Jesus is not fully, holy, and completely God, we have no salvation. And we ultimately, we don't have Christianity, Biblianity, churchianity. We have none, none of those entities. If, if he's not God, we've got nothing. Mm. And, and it's no accident that throughout history, the groups that have given up belief in the, uh, in the full deity of Christ, they have not remained long within the Christian faith, but they have drifted toward the religion kind of represented by Unitarianism today and here in the U.S. and elsewhere. Uh, and you know you can, I mean, you can believe in all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the disciple closest to Jesus, the Apostle John, wrote wrote this. This is in First John and Second John. In First John, he said, "No one who denies the Son has the Father." Pretty important. Mm-hmm. In Second John, verse nine, he says, "Anyone who goes ahead and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine." has both the Father and the Son. So it is absolutely vitally important that Jesus is God to us because if he's not, we don't have salvation. Mm-hmm. And that we remember the reverence and the weight of that mm-hmm. as well. Well, that definitely gives us a lot to think about, and we are, like most of the time, <laughs> only scratching the surface. But we do hope it gives you a good place to start in understanding further and diving deeper into the importance of this incredible doctrine of the deity of Jesus Christ. And once again, thank you for joining us. As we wrap up today's podcast, let's remember that the real power of theology is not only knowing it, but applying it. We really appreciate you spending your time with us. We certainly enjoy it, and we hope that our time together today has helped you to become a better kitchen table theologian. We are off next week, but we will be back in two weeks. Two weeks. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We're just going to take off Thanksgiving week and hope that you, wherever you are celebrating it, whether it's here or Indiana, Jen, Indiana. if you go there, the wherever State. it is, <laughs> we, we trust and pray that you will have a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. And we thank God for you and for being part of the Kitchen Table Theology family. Absolutely. And when you join us again, our next podcast will be on the incarnation of Jesus. Yep. Goodness, what an appropriate topic as we enter into the Christmas season. We hope you will join us. See you next time right here on Kitchen Table Theology. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Jen Denton and Pastor Jeff Cranston. 
Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, you can check out the show notes at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.